it was brutal you know it, it was it wasn't anything that lives in those woods you know it wasn't a dog um it wasn't you know we don't have deer in those woods um it was uh, but it was so it was very it was very very inhuman and um obviously i, I was scared <laughs> i was i was i was worried but i went a bit closer because it, it sounded like it was coming from one specific tree and as i approached this one tree it then shifted back and it started screaming louder and you know it was repeating and i at that point i was like terrified really and um like there was this like extremely weird stillness to everything no other person no other creatures it was just me and this noise um in the darkness and um i just turned i didn't run but i just went i wouldn't walk back through the woods across the bridge and then crossed over the canal you know like crossing water and then as i stepped onto the other side suddenly like um there was like a relaxation of the silence somehow and then some bats came and the flies were back on the canal and the bats were swooping for the the flies and it was just over and I, I just have no idea what that sound. Well, I do. I mean, it was pan. You know, there's no, there's no like doubt that that's what I was hearing. There's woods, you know, because then I went home and I immediately texted Buckley because of everything that we'd been going through. And I said, like, this has happened to me tonight. I wrote it all down in my diary. Um, and then the next day, I was looking uh, at articles, like scholarly articles for pan. And then I heard about the, the old folk tales about. The, the the bellowing that used to scare hunters um you know the the god that was heard but never seen and that kind of thing hello and welcome to the spirit box podcast where we explore folklore magic the world of the spirits and everything in between today we welcome peter hine and stephen buckley of the vase podcast peter is a lawyer a writer and a dirt worshiping heathen and Stephen is an electronic musician and audio producer. Their podcast was born out of their experiences and the desire to follow those experiences and explore the world of the weird and the mystic. In the show, we discuss the subconscious, our dreams, and accessing the imaginal world that comes when our heads hit the pillow. We discuss how childhood nightmares can still resonate in adulthood and the connection between spirits and animals and how the nature of an animal its behavior can become a living symbol a symbol that can play out in our dreams and the imaginal in the show peter takes us through a remarkable experience he had with the god pan and how it changed his perception of nature and how he behaved in nature and indeed how he talked about spirits from then on. It's a truly interesting story, and Peter and Stephen come to the strange and come to the mystic and the magical with a refreshing honesty and openness. In the Plus Show, we get into the spiritual dynamics between the organic and the inorganic. We discuss Rudolf Steiner's work, particularly the tension between Araman and Lucifer. We talk what it's like to experience animal consciousness. Not stopping there, we get into the remarkable nature of the mycorrhizal networks, the fungal networks that allow trees to communicate back and forth to each other and exchange nutrients and information. We get into what I call the dark man's pure drive, and Peter shares his own dark man experiences and the synchronicities surrounding it and dealing with the fear that's generated from this kind of encounter 
it's it's some really really interesting stuff and, and peter shares some fantastic stories stories for those of you who listen to this show or are familiar with my experiences with the dark man i think you'll get a lot from it now if you want to hear the plus show it's very simple to do so simply join the patreon and get the entire plus show back catalog all the bonus show extras all the spirit garden work that we do on the patreon about building our own relationship with nature around us through cultivation and stewardship through our gardens and the host, an absolute host, a plethora, a smorgasbord of other benefits. Right, let's get on with the show. So, uh, so Peter and Buckley from the Vase Podcast, you both are really, really very welcome to the Spirit Box. Really nice to have you on the show. Thank, Thank you very, very much. much for having us. It's a real honor to be here. I, I think I've mentioned it before, um, uh, how much I enjoy your podcast. So oh, it's, it's a real pleasure to be here. And it's also our first podcast that we've guested on as well. So Oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. the lack of responsibility is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just sit back now. <laughs> fantastic. Well, um, really nice to have you on the show. And uh I think what was it about two months ago or, or or six weeks ago or so? Um, I was on your show, and I was listening to naturally listening to myself, you know. Um, <laughs> but but kind of listening back to your back catalog, um, and getting more familiar with your show and and the direction that you guys have taken and the kind of journey you've been under. Um, I was really struck with the kind of similarities of kind of how I ended up doing this and you guys uh, and, and your work and particularly one one show where you talked specifically about um, your dream work, you know, uh, and like recording your dreams. Um, that was, that was a mad one actually. It was you, Stephen, wasn't it? Like um, you had recordings of. Yeah. Like, they, the, uh, I got this app called yeah. Dictaphone and you, uh, you put it sort of, next to yourself while you're yeah. sort of in a you know falling asleep or whatever and then you just say the words which yeah. come and obviously i think i think it happens to everyone doesn't it i don't think it's anything particularly special that as you're in a hypnagogic state and falling yeah. asleep you start to hear little clips and phrases yeah. and stuff and i i i the the i just sort of said them out loud and it was it was amusing i mean it was funny it made for an amusing yeah. thing to play on the podcast but um I don't know. It, 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 there's something quite interesting about it as well. Like you just mm. think, kind of, in terms of, you know. And I, I suppose I should I should point out now that we are quite relatively new to this whole world. So mm. give me uh, if I say anything that seems um, particularly naive, but it seems that dreams, the subconscious or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, sort of the, a lot of things involving magic or anything like that seems to have this link to the subconscious all the time yeah uh, or what now whether it is your subconscious or whether it's somewhere else you know um it seems to be an important thing so it's, it's it, yeah. was, it was interesting to kind of have a sort of look at different ways in which you could access that yeah no that definitely i i think i think you're you're buying over the target personally you know um dreams are are extremely important Although I, you know, I, I am, um, I felt sorry for you for your eBay mugwort 
you know. Um, <laughs> for, the, for those who aren't familiar with this, there was a, a, a failed attempt to get Mugwort to um, induce yeah. some uh, more... Um, Luckily, it's a terrible, terrible luck with his e-commerce. Because yeah. uh, as, as well as the Mugwort, there was the Ouija board. Tiny Ouija board. It came, yeah, and it was it, it was, was like A four size wedgie board, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the book, the philosophy of time travel, the Donny Darko book that wasn't the yeah. right book. It was just <laughs> someone else's book. So, yeah. yeah, anything base yeah. related, I, yeah. I I don't buy from mm. eBay or Amazon. Now. Yeah, I've had a few duds on eBay. All right, like um, what I've I'm growing my own mugwort at the moment. The, the, I mean, one of the weird things that one of the things that I liked some one of the things I liked so much about the. Uh, about the recordings that Buckley did was just how spooky they sound, you know, when you're hearing someone who's sort of in that sort of half sleeping state. Yeah. And it's like almost like they're reaching into a dream mm. and pulling out these little clips and phrases. And the familiarity that I think a lot of people have those kind of um experiences and those kind of those kind of clips. But to hear them coming from someone else, you know, it, it's just a really weird and alien feeling. Yeah. And yeah, they... it's kind of trancy, isn't it? Yeah. It's like um and it, it's especially weird to think if it's someone you know as well. Because I think you... sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say Hein, you know me well enough to know that I wasn't thinking yeah, that, that, that that's is not... not your real voice. Yeah, that, that yeah, was like coming yeah. from somewhere else. That's what was weird yeah. about it. Sorry, Dara, you're saying no, not at all. It, it, it's because I picked up on that too, listening to it. Like there's a there's an there's an element to it like that you 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 just feel there's something happening right um and this is why i think dreams are super important because i and i and i, and I like the description of like you know it's a tuner and you just you're just kind of saying what's happening what you're picking up um but something's happened something happens in dreams there's 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 doors opening to to open totally different experience I mean, we've all had those dreams where you've had like lives you know what i mean like you know we're yeah. like you know like uh, you know i i you know a whole dream life you know dream yeah. career dream relationships all this kind of stuff and then you wake up and you're like fucking hell i was like that was like 20 years you know in in in, in this other place you know sometimes me extraordinarily vivid but it, but in the kind of in in this kind of the magical space where you start to kind of get pointed at things in your dreams or, you know, directed to things, given specific words, given specific phrases. And you find yourself slowly advancing along this, you know, strange crooked path that's taking you somewhere, you know, um, and you're not a hundred percent sure where it's taking you, but you're still compelled to follow it. But the impetus comes from dreams. And I really got a sense of that from, from from you from your guys' work, um, yeah. I mean, the the we were just talking about it before yeah. we, we came on about how Vase, which is the name of the podcast, that actually came from a dream, yeah, and a dream that I had maybe a decade ago that had Buckley in it, and Buckley came up to me um, in a record shop in this dream, um, and pulled out a CD and pointed at it and said, "I think you're going to really really like this." And it's just just a uh, like a digipack box with base written across mm. you know, B-A-Y-S-E, which is how we spell it now. Yeah. And um and I can remember like there was artwork, there was these vines growing through it as well. Um and I wrote it all down and I wrote it um in like massive detail in, in this big like black book that I had. And then I wrote down loads of different iterations of what it could mean. 
and then I eventually like wrote a novel about it. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, like I, just like the first draft, I never got really far. But it was something, and the, the, the novel was about magic, you know. Mm. And it, it was magic wasn't something that I was particularly interested in at the time, uh, or something that I had looked hadn't looked into really. Uh, but this book was about like magic. It was about MK Ultra. It was about conspiracies. It was about all the stuff that we cover now in the mm. podcast. Um, and um, and I never did anything with that. And then I started trying to write some music about it. And now, obviously, Buckley's written a full album of music you know, for Vase. All these different iterations until finally, um, you know, about just about a year ago, we started talking about it. And we'd, um, you know, we used that as the name for the podcast. That's that's brilliant. Yeah, like, uh, I, mean, I mean, that's exactly the stuff, you know, that that's that... <sighs> those kind of dreams that have you access the kind of like the the imaginal you know the the where where stuff's forming and somehow yeah. helps kind of solidify in, in in the waking world you start to wonder about whether that is you know the echoes of a memory as well uh, mm. from the future you know which is the whole yeah. causality idea yeah uh, with time loops and and all that kind of stuff yeah I, I must say, on a on a separate note, you've you've got a very nice kind of room you're working in there. Both both of you got a decent setup, and that's my fridge behind me. <laughs> that's my downstairs toilet. Yeah. Like like it couldn't be any less. You know, a, a this magnificent collection yeah. of books is, is yeah. You got like this like library <laughs> going on there. You know, you've got kind this of is why my family are living in poverty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the utility room. <laughs> <laughs> um the yeah the, the the dream work is is it's so interesting and and as i said that you just such it really piqued my interest um i really like how you guys are approaching it as well you know there, there's a little bit of kind of like of you're having fun with it as well despite it actually having quite an impact on your lives you know um which i think is is a good way to, to try and measure some of the the challenges that you know this kind of stuff happening in your life can present you know um i think i mean one of the things that we thought about when we started and even looking back now it's only been a year i mean um so we started recording last june i think and we didn't release yet. anything until september but even listening back to those first few episodes i can't believe that we had the balls to put those out really because yeah but we we had to because the the idea was you know, we have no special knowledge in the subject and we we're absolute beginners but we wanted to document that journey and however uncomfortable it feels to have to start somewhere yeah. we, we we did want to start and if you listen to that first episode of vase which um we started at number three because we'd recorded two before that that were just so appalling that we just had to scrap them <laughs> um, but um episode three was where we started and we, we're just the whole thing of it is that just that we climb up pendle hill you know yeah. which is like yeah. a famous place where witches obviously that were, were mm. um, executed in, in um and, and put to trial in lancaster um and we took a sigil with us and it, it was the first time either of us had done a sigil you know that was how, right. how sort of new we were and that's why when we recorded that episode we knew that we had to um go with it you know we knew because there wasn't going to be a point where we were that fresh again and i think at the beginning you can advance you know pretty quickly you know whereas you know I, so so over over the year we have become a lot more familiar with a lot of the subject we've read a lot of books and a lot of books yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. along the way 
I mean, I've, I've started at that point. I had no spiritual or magical practice. You know, I mean, I'd been not quite an atheist, but I'd, I'd been raised a Catholic and I'd mm. stopped practicing at the age of 21 and I'm now in my forties, you know, so for, for nearly 20 years, I just had no real faith and no spiritual yeah. practice, but it came hand in hand with looking into this stuff, which is one of the interesting things that came along with this was that when we first started, so in that episode three, there was no direction, there was no intention to become, you know, set on a magical spiritual path or anything like that, but you quickly get caught in those currents particularly i think if if you're prone to those kinds of experiences as well yeah. you quickly get picked up mm. and that that's what happened to to us and, and and especially to to me like because i you know found a lot of quite profound things within that but we had no idea about that when we started you know for those first few episodes that we recorded there was there was nothing like that it mm. was interesting because i was listening to you um interviewing um joshua kutchin i think it was about the ecology of souls and you were saying about when you're first starting you get those early experiences where you know something happens and you think right that wasn't my imagination you know that wasn't the voices you know that wasn't like just chitter chatter from my head that wasn't a coincidence you know that's something that's irrefutable even if it's just to you yeah. you know you've got the unverified personal gnosis and all that kind of thing but i i, I find that the unverified personal gnosis is is the most important kind you know yeah, those yeah. personal experiences that are so personal to you mm -hmm. and i had one of those um just over a year ago now and from that point i knew that there was no going back you know even if even if you know, for whatever reason we couldn't put the podcast out or whatever i i know that you know for me in my spiritual life and that kind of thing there's there, there is there is no going back from that point yeah yeah and it, it, i mean is, is that something that you you would want like to share i mean it might not be and don't want to pry yeah no i'm happy to it was something that was um we we, we could actually actually in that episode uh, uh episode seven where we talk about the dreams i think it was in that one i talk about um the solstice and what happened was when me and buckley had started doing this I mean, I, I don't, we've never really disguised the fact or been kind of embarrassed about the fact that I think it was pretty much Pennyroyal and Hellier that got us into all this. You know, we kind of got into it through an interesting podcast rather than yeah. necessarily interest in the occult, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Um, and um, both Hellier and Pennyroyal have a, a lot of emphasis on pan you know like the the idea yeah. of the god the god pan yeah. and that had become like a bit of a kind of joke between buckley and i you know we we were sending each other memes about pan you know and little gifts of him dancing around and yeah every time one of us saw a goat would send a picture <laughs> of a goat, just stuff like that like it, yeah that, that which was what uh, so that's what our friendship has often been like hasn't it just like we've just got that kind of sense of humor that you can only have when you've been friends since you were kids yeah and we, we we were sort of knocking these ideas back and, and it was always like oh you know let's get pan on for a guest and that sort of thing we wasn't taking it seriously at all and kind of in retrospect i kind of realized that that was a bit of a mistake particularly with the the enthusiasm that we were throwing ourselves into this you know start doing bits of magic you know doing little rituals and that sort of stuff and not really taking it seriously wasn't probably the wisest thing but we didn't know that at the time you know you, yeah. you i think you sometimes need these experiences that, that scare you in order to be able to understand what you're really dealing with and um i i was going through a, a particular time of sort of stress in my personal life and and work and all that sort of thing and it got to the solstice on the um you know in, in 2022 
and I sent Buckley like a, a little like list of like things about that connected the solstice to Pan and that kind of thing. You know, just a, just a, like a little article that I'd found. And then um, it was like a really beautiful evening. And um, I decided that I was just going to go out. Uh, it was sunset. And I thought I'll just go out into the woods. And there's just this small patch of woods, um, a few, you know, like a few blocks away. Um, it's, it's managed woodland. You know, it, it's not particularly ancient. Um, and I went. I I went completely on my own. I didn't take my dog. Uh, you know, like I normally would. I didn't take any headphones or any podcast to listen to. I just went to experience the nature. And I had a sigil which I'd activated earlier that night that I was going to go and burn and put down in, in the canal. And um, as I went down, it was just the most beautiful evening. And like, you know, when you can smell it and the woodland smells like incense, you know, it was absolutely, I mean, you know, to, to, to use a sort of cliche, it was magical. You know, I, I walked in and as I walked into this clearing, a lot of the woods, because it's my woodland, are saplings. And I saw the sunset behind these saplings and they all sort of twisted together to make these weird sigils and stuff. And I just stood, you know, with the, the hair on my arms, you know, like stood on end and the hair on my neck stood on end. And there was no one else around, which is really weird because those woods are a popular dog walking place and it was a beautiful evening. And and as I walked down this slope, as the sunset behind me, all these rabbits came out, you know, like 20, 30, maybe 40 rabbits came out in front of me. And, and as I walked, they all parted until I got down to this bottom of the hill and there was just one rabbit that didn't move. So I moved up to it and we looked into each other's eyes and the whole field the whole meadow that i was in just started to shimmer it reminded me of like um the closest i can think of it is to sunlight on finely rippling water um the whole thing and and the rabbit became that the meadow was shimmering and the rabbit started to shimmer and as i looked at it i had this really weird thought that, that sounds completely random now but i thought to this creature today i am pan and then it looked at me for a bit longer and then it turned around and hopped off and then suddenly the shimmering stopped. And I wandered down to the canal and I set fire to my sigil and dropped the ash into the into the canal. And I, I kind of watched it like uh, the wind take it away and the sun slipped down you know, below the horizon. And I suddenly heard this like guttural screaming coming out of the woodland down to the... Um, opposite the canal and like it was brutal you know it, it was it wasn't anything that lives in those woods you know it wasn't a dog um it wasn't you know we don't have deer in those woods um it was uh, but it was so it was very it was very very inhuman and um obviously i, I was scared <laughs> i was i was i was worried but i went a bit closer because it, it sounded like it was coming from one specific tree and as I approached this one tree, it then shifted back and it started screaming louder and you know, it was repeating. And I, at that point, I was like terrified, really. And um, like there was this like extremely weird stillness to everything. No other person, no other creatures. It was just me and this noise um, in the darkness. And um, I just turned out. Didn't run, but I just went, I wouldn't walk back through the woods. I crossed the bridge and then crossed over the canal, you know, like crossing water. And then as I stepped onto the other side, suddenly like um, there was like a relaxation of the silence somehow. And then some bats came and the flies were back on the canal and the bats were swooping for the, the flies and it was just over. 
and I, I I just have no idea what that sound. Well, well I do. I mean, it was pan. You know, there's no there's no like doubt that that's what I was hearing in those woods. You know, because then I went home and I immediately texted Buckley because of everything that we'd been going through, and I said like, this has happened to me tonight. I wrote it all down in my diary. Um, and then the next day I was looking uh, at articles like scholarly articles for Pan. And then I heard about the, the old folk tales about the, the, the bellowing that used to scare hunters, um, you know, the, the God that was heard, but never seen and that kind of thing. And suddenly, I mean, it all kind of made sense. And I mean, I still feel that there was something, you know, to do with, you know, I, I was being taught a lesson for not taking this seriously, you know, um, and I was you know i mean i was terrified but I, I came to no harm um and i and from that point on there was no more jokes about pan you know and this year on the solstice i went down and left honey and wine did all the correct things and, and i didn't have anything like that sort of experience but there's nothing i mean whatever it was even if it was someone in the woods a man screaming or something you know in that moment that that man was pan there's no doubt about it to me there's there's you know that for me is the point that i can't come back from That's a like a proper test of your metal, you know, and I think like the fact that you went back on the the anniversary is 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 quite potent in itself, isn't it? You know, like because um, like I find myself laughing on, you know, when I'm talking about stuff that that I've experienced, um, I just start cracking up. You know, but it's not so much that like I find it hilarious and I'm like belly laughing at it. I just find it kind of like so weird and so strange and like it's shifted my kind of my my, my ontological framework so much that I don't really know how to react. I just find myself laughing, you know, like uh, I, what I'm kind of conveying, you know, stories like that you just convey and i can tell how much that means to you i can tell you know i there, there's there's a lot of people you might talk to who haven't been there you know who'll be like that's oh, probably a fox you know it's like <laughs> no, no, you don't understand that that there is there is a otherworldly level that overlay on that experience that just turns any kind of you know rationalization of the experience to dust just just dust and you when you, I mean, you're in there you know you, you can't like you you know you're 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 touching something else i mean th those experiences it's a gestalt isn't it there's no you know it wasn't just the screaming it was yeah. the silence it was the light it was the yeah. feeling it was the it was what was in the air you know and you can't recreate it either you know like like yeah i i, I did go down again the, the year after and it was nothing like that at all it was yeah. a really relaxed evening and there were people at the same time you know uh there's the sun was setting and everything but there was people walking dogs you know, as usual probably wondering what i was doing burning incense and sort of leaving honey and stuff but i i also think i mean you're right i mean you can't do anything but laugh you know when you have that kind of experience you know when you look back mm -hmm. on it um but there's, there's a difference now between the way i laugh at it now and the yeah. way that the yeah. way that we were laughing at pan beforehand you know and and that's a different sort of thing yeah you're right it's a different type of laugh like that's you know right. like oh. <laughs> it's, it's not like rolls <laughs> it's like i don't want to put the past <laughs> 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 
yeah it's it is it's 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 such a shift like um yeah it just takes it it takes a while to process it Mm. which is which is why i'm like you know i think that the fact that you're talking about it you have a vehicle to talk about it and express it and kind of unpack your thoughts is a great thing you know like it's it's a really good thing because there's people out there who are are listening to it that you know are probably going through a very similar thing and you know what what you're doing is 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 a really good tonic for that like it's it helps people understand and frame kind of go, that's what's happening to me that's what i'm going through you know? thank you yeah i mean I, I think that that was one of the things that we were hoping to achieve was was that by by starting from the very beginning for us and we were lucky I, I suppose that we caught something like that because we haven't really got anything had anything else like that have we luckily you know something i don't know that's probably like sort of been a sort of because that felt like initiation in a way to me you know like yeah that felt like a, a stepping a threshold that i couldn't step back from um and we haven't really but i mean you can't one of the things that we're learning and, and i think now we're, we're moving that we're doing probably more interviews than we're doing talking amongst ourselves yeah, because you can't force those things and it would be wrong to try to force those things to happen again but to be able to do that like you're saying to put it out you know there's i think there's some people who can follow us on that journey who are going through something similar and then i think there's also some people who contacted us who are maybe 20 years experienced and so on who are kind of just enjoying listening to people going through those early stages you know where everything's mm. exciting you know and everything's moving quickly you know and maybe they've they've settled down into a a um you know the, the practice and they're more used to these sorts of experiences but the initial thrill of going through things like that is is i think something that i mean we're still really enjoying now you know because we're only a year yeah. through mm. i think there's probably also some people who are absolutely put off from the get-go by how naive we are and they're like well i was doing this 20 years ago i'm i'm <laughs> you know i'm uh what are these these young whippersnappers doing and the, the joke's <laughs> on them because we're not actually that young <laughs> um, but I, th- I think it's interesting what you said about um I- i'd never really considered it as being you know sort of uh, telling a story like that has been helpful to other people but one of the things that we actually said when we were laying out the um you know kind of what we wanted to achieve with vase and there was a number of different things which we thought we definitely wanted to do and didn't want to do and one of the things that we said was we'd like it to be to put something positive into the world uh to be mm. something that is good for people and that is you know kind of whilst a lot of um there's a lot of stuff in in these kinds of areas that uh you know kind of can be quite um dark and threatening and potentially damaging mm-hmm. uh i think we wanted to do something which was a bit more sort of um we wanted to like i say so just put some good into the world put some do something which was positive and um because we felt i think again going back to kind of penny royal and hellier we think we felt that they they both had a bit of that going on you know sort of they they came at it from an angle which which was I don't know how best to to word it. Hank can probably word it better than me. Yeah, but I mean, you know, just it, it it's 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 a a positive thing, and a, a, you know that 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 is where we were in our lives. 
you know, um, we'd spent, um, I think we'd both spent quite a lot of time one way or another in some pretty dark places, uh, uh, both in terms of in our minds and in our lives and Mm. in terms of what we created. And I think we'd both created, uh, you know, in, in previous sort of creative things that we've done together or that we've done individually it created some pretty dark shit and i think with vase we kind of were at a stage in our lives where you know we're 40 and we, we, i don't know we, we we started to sort of be more focused on kind of the wonder and the beauty of things mm-hmm. rather than the grim stuff you know yeah. um yeah and so it's good that was a very roundabout way of saying mm. it's good that it's encouraging to know that someone like yourself is saying that this could be helpful to other people. Cause that feels like we've kind of, we're hopefully kind of achieving something like yeah, that. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's, that's great, you know, and, and, you know, there's, there's a huge amount of like tired cynicism, like, uh, I mean, our, our culture is, is, is full of it, you know, it, and you really don't have to engage with that at all. Like, no. you know, and, and like, uh, I, because I'm coming from a similar place you know like Spirit Box looks at well how do we just examine this phenomenon like from every potential angle everyone who's got a a different perspective of it that's what I'm looking at you know with the show and again when I was on your show it really comes from curiosity you know that's where it comes from but like I think that ethos that you guys have of like, well, we're, we're on our own journey. We're f- feeding our way through this. Um, but at the same time, we're insistent that we put something good into the world. I think that's fantastic. You know, I think that's absolutely fantastic. I think it's kind of necessary as well. I, I think that what we're doing, um, we're operating in a field which is completely unregulated. And I'm not talking about podcasting, I'm talking about like mm-hmm. the occult, you know, because if you look at science, which has in some ways a lot of the similar aims yeah. to the occult and, and it's heavily regulated. I mean, you know, whether it's heavily regulated enough, I don't know. But I mean, you know, you get, you know, fields of research which aren't allowed, you know, you, you're you not allowed to do certain types of, uh, you know, messing with the human you know, embryo yeah. or, or you know cloning and all that sort of thing is really heavily regulated. There's absolutely no regulation in the occult at all. Obviously, you could you know, grab a grimoire or something, you know, and you know, find the worst curse that you could possibly find, you know, then try, you know, to, to put that on someone and th- no one is going to stop you. No one can stop you from doing that. There's absolutely nothing, you know, and even if you succeeded and you caused some sort of like terrible, like hemorrhagic problem in someone and they died, there isn't a court in the hand that could you know, prosecute you for that either. Mm. You know, so I think that like trying to approach it from an angle of positivity is completely necessary, you know, to, to counteract some of the darker influences, which can be, you know, and will always be, I think, because of human nature. Yep. I think that that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, I, I would say that there's your access in areas within the occult that have, um, a remarkable a remarkable ability to self-balance you know um and i totally get the the, the scenario you're, you're describing you know an individual sets out to take a certain action that they're not coming from a place that is 
healthy or it's particularly ego driven you know mm-hmm. um what i find i i, I mean i i do understand the point you're making about the, the regulation but i there's a kind of a weird layer to things that it tends mm-hmm. to kind of like rebalance it it's almost like there's a higher higher force <laughs> <laughs> who would have guessed that <laughs> yeah no I, I i see what you mean completely i i think i think it's um and and, and I, I completely agree with what you're saying I, I think it's more in people's approach to it as well yeah. you know yeah. a lot of people think it's something dark and that's how i was raised you know being catholic and yeah. i think that you were you were also oh, yeah catholic. yeah no, i know exactly where you're coming from yeah no, I'm, I, I'm still and, not 100 comfortable no exactly no me yeah, too I, yeah. and when i when i started i was having these like when, especially when i started doing sigils and i was reading phil hines work which i love and yeah. uh, other bits of like aiden walker and all these like incredibly good and positive stuff i was still getting these panic attacks you know which is mm. years of indoctrination that have been yeah put into me and i still like you say like like i get that edginess about it now uh, but I think people do have this like general idea that if you're if you're looking into the occult and stuff that you're doing something dark. And whilst there's definitely dark aspects to it, there's there's like incredible light to it as well, and and, mm-hmm. and so much beauty in there as well. You know, like I mean, even in that experience that I was talking to you about, Pan, you know, and and I was terrified like to the core. Mm-hmm. There was still so, that night held so much beauty for me, and that's what I remember more than the terror is yeah. is, is that the, the the beauty of the sunset and the feeling of the air and the the shimmering with with the the, the animals as as i walked through and i i think that like there's no harm in in putting that out to people yeah no yeah that that makes a lot of sense um like uh, it's it's so hard to articulate that sensibility you know of like no you're going to experience something that's frankly fucking terrifying you know and you know, weirdly reminiscent of like some sort of senyabite out of Hellraiser. You know, that's that's <laughs> going to be in the. But it gets you to a good place. It gets you to a good place. <laughs> You're like really. I was wondering. <laughs> so you've both talked about having that slight edge, having that slight feeling of trepidation or fear when approaching this stuff. I wonder if that is actually helpful in your respective practices. I think it's necessary. Like I, I think it's it's truly necessary, um, because it's 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 dangerous stuff. Like it, it is dangerous stuff. You so you're dealing with states of mind, aren't you? Whether obviously there's, I believe there's other things involved other than mm. just the inside of each person's head. Yeah, and I think we probably all do. But mm. still, your state of mind is quite important in that and whatever ingredients you feed into that are going to have an effect on what happens and perhaps it just it just occurred to me then i'm wondering if having that slight feeling of fear or that slight feeling of awe perhaps uh is does maybe give you the edge over someone who doesn't have that because you're going to be a bit more respectful perhaps or you're going to approach it where where your mind isn't as relaxed perhaps I don't there's know. There's a, a definite one thing that Catholicism does well, I think, is that feeling of the numinous, you know, like I think mm. that the, the feeling of, like you were saying, Buckley, like kind of awe and wonder, um, you know, and I, I mean, a healthy bit of fear in there as well, I think, or it certainly was for me the way cause it was in a sort of remote-ish part of the north of England, you know, like around the Forest of Boland, like obviously not remote in the way that some places are remote, but there yeah. was, it was kind of a pocket of quite fire and brimstone Catholicism that I was raised in, you know, in a very small 
school with like 40 kids in it and you know we went to church twice a week we marched down the road to this little chapel on a hill you know and it was and you know there was a lot of uh talk of Mm. sin and the devil and that kind of thing yeah and that kind of fear like you were saying dar is still with me now yeah i mean i remember like being kind of like 13 and real realistically if i look back kind of over my life this that age is when kind of this stuff started happening you know it was like just at that age around like 13 a lot of like you know huge amount of change going on in your life in every level mm. um and i i started to to have those experiences you know um and at that time, there was a a huge, just a huge fear, and like, yeah, anxiety, yeah, fully fueled from kind of like you've been brought up Catholic, even though it kind of you know wasn't massively, you know, wasn't massively into it. I, mean, I do have like the Virgin Mary is still part of my practice, you know, mm-hmm. like um, but it, it's it does take a long time to kind of settle and kind of go, okay, I'm all right with this. You know, like I know people who work with the dark man and they, 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 they still can't say kind of like the devil or Lucifer, like they, they kind of set like, like win up nude or, or something that they can, they can process, you know, like, um, and that's something else that, that that's sort of interesting is it's because I kind of have that sort of feeling as well, although like I'm overcoming it a bit because I mean, another thing that we've talked about and, we talked about when you were on base was various dark man experiences mm. and the connection, because I think, you know, something that's really, really interesting is that the more that we do this show, um, we, we really took what you've talked about the dark man to heart, you know, and because I'd had those experiences as a kid, there was a synchronicity whereby I, I was writing down all the weird stuff that happened to me during my life. You know, just, I was thinking like it was, it was purely an exercise for the podcast at the time. There was no other real reason for it. And I was sort of fiddling around with these dark man experiences. And I was thinking like, no one is going to believe this because, you know, it was a shadow, you know, it was a two dimensional shadow that I saw mm. on multiple occasions that, you know, that moved and, and it had autonomy and so on. And, and then, um, at the same time, I was working my way through the Spirit Box um, catalog, and I got to all those experiences um, you know, other people had had, and you start to realize that this is actually very, very common. It's almost like, you know, as soon as you start peering under the basic veneer of reality, the dark man's there waiting, you know. It's the it's the one experience that people mm-hmm. are going to come up to you, and the people do come up to us, you know, like uh, we had somewhere yeah. in the pub, um over christmas or um, when we were at a 50th birthday party earlier this year um you know people who who kind of know us and 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 know that we're doing this podcast and it's always what they'll say if they've had an experience that isn't you know like i saw a light in the sky or whatever um it's the dark man um you know and um i mean i'm finding that the more people i talk to it's almost more common than to not have a dark man experience yeah i'm starting to feel left out here (laughs) okay come on man where are you Uh, but like but like we're saying to uh to nathan paul isaac when we uh interviewed him last week like perhaps um you know it's uh, maybe that's still to come i don't know 
yeah. but it could be to do with I don't know. It could be to do with a lack of Catholic upbringing on my part. It could be to do with um, lack of trauma. I don't know. There's not really a, an awful lot I can do about those things. Um, do you know what Hein was saying before about his primary school? I've just remembered something, which I don't think I've ever told Hein this story. So this is an exclusive. Um, this is something from when I was a child, but it relates to dreams. So I went to a very small village school for a while before I moved to the town where I met Hind. So until I was about maybe six or seven years old, my first primary school was was very small. There was about 30 kids in the whole school and it was in a little village in Cumbria. Uh, so it was a lot more, it's further north and further north than we are now. And it was a, a very remote little village um, called Great Corby. And uh, it was on the edge of a, um, like there's a river, the River Eden, runs through and Great Corby was just right on the edge of the River Eden. There was a, a big forest uh, that we used to imaginatively call the woods. And um, there was like, there was deer in the woods. I remember looking out of the my bedroom window and seeing deer like in our back garden. Um, and, and that was, the, the woods were like a huge part of my upbringing. They were like walking in them woods with my dad uh, is what sort of, I think it's what instilled in me like a love of nature and an interest in nature and fungus and stuff like that. You know, it was just, it really got my imagination. And um, so, but I used to have nightmares all the time about these woods and the nightmare was always like either me falling down. So the, the, the river was like, we used to call it the drop again. I was a child, you know, limited vocabulary, but there was the, the river was like at the bottom of like a quite a steep drop and there was a bridge going over it. Um, and it was a, probably a few like I don't know how, how high it was. It seemed really high at the time because I was a I was a child. It seemed like crossing over the bridge. It was like the scene on um, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, where they crossed the bridge with the crocodiles all below them. It was like a it seemed like a massive thing when I was a kid. And I was these woods were like a source of like both terror and like wonder um, for me. And anyway, at the primary school. The primary school was also on the edge of the woods and um they used to tell us there was dragons in the woods um and they used to tell us there was monsters in the woods and there was a, a there was a, a, a like a, a ghost story for the area like in the in the village that all the kids used to tell and um it was a ghost that lived in the woods and it was called the Aiden boy or the Adian boy I don't remember it was either Aiden or Adian um and the, the the legend was that if you saw him then you would become really rich and then you'd die and I was always terrified of seeing him if I was in the woods and then one night I had this dream where I saw him and he looked like uh almost like a pumpkin like a like a jack-o'-lantern kind of thing wow. with like like kind of sort of almost like ribbons, white ribbons coming down from him. And he was, he was like white and he was kind of all like, almost like he'd been painted, like he was wet paint, but like a, a, a white jack-o'-lantern kind of, kind of floating. And he's, these ribbons were all kind of dragging behind him like a wedding dress. Uh, and I saw him and then I woke up like absolutely terrified that, I, you know, the next day I was going to come into loads of money and then mm. die. Um, and yeah, that's that's it. That's the story. I just thought this would be a, mm. <laughs> just talking about things that scare you when you're a kid and stuff like. But 
yeah. that sort of thing. Like, uh, I don't know. It's I I can still remember that dream, and yeah. I was probably five years old, six years old. That's yeah. that's insane, isn't it? It's amazing how that stuff stays with you. Like I remember, I like I I remember like the specific nightmare I had when I was a kid. I was probably about a similar age, maybe six. And the, the main thing I could remember about it is that in the hallway of our house that uh, there was, for some reason, the kitchen chair was at the bottom of the stairs and I went up on kind of balanced on one leg and span around really quickly. And it just scared the living shit out of me. You know, like, what's going on here? Like, um, so yeah, I, I get that. Like, we, that those dreams can stay with you, you know, and be very, very potent. I Especially when they're linked, like with it being linked to a place as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there might be kind of some sort of egregoric thing going on there as well. You know, if there's a lot of stories about something, something starts to get yeah. energy out of it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a really ancient woodland as well. It's like, um, and there's there's like caves and stuff down oh, at the yeah. bottom and stuff. It's, um, I'd like to go back, but it's just a bit of a pain in the ass to get to. But um, yeah, it's a proper like. Proper ancient woods. Yeah. Sorry, that was a complete non sequitur, wasn't it? I've just no, ruined, no. ruined the flow of the podcast with my. No, we're, we're talking about you know talking about dreams <laughs> and, and like you, you are accessing something different in that you know and and like I find kind of like a lot of my dark man experiences are quite dreamlike as well. You know, they're certainly very visionary. Um, and they all tend to happen at night, you know. Um, so like there, there is a kind of a, a, a there's a dream texture to these experiences as well. Um, it's just interesting, to kind of you know, to look at it from the angle of childhood as well, like um, because stuff that stays with you that long, if you think about. The impact of it you know you can record a dream you know how hard it is to remember what you dreamed last night yeah well you can recall something from 35 years ago that was a dream yeah you know, it gives you an idea of kind of the level of intensity how it impacted you and you know to, to a degree you were living it you know um it's it just brings asks it brings us to a more confusing places about when a you know, what are dreams? You know, what are we accessing? If it can dominate you or, or get you in a place where you're 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 recalling it. Like you did I bet you there's like tons of like well of course there are like tons of like childhood experiences you cannot recall with that level mm, of yeah. of emotional like depth and like recalling the feelings you were having as a result of that experience. Um this is why they're really important. It's yeah. um so I was listening to a uh, a Zoom talk last night by um, Paul Weston, who we had on mm. on the podcast um, a few weeks back, and he was talking about the link between surrealist artists and like the occult. So you've got like the whole idea of say like the the H.P. Lovecraft thing and how a lot of his his ideas supposedly came from dreams, but then if you think about it sort of and, and that's true of a lot of whether it be fiction writers or whether it be you know kind of 
people involved in magic do tend to operate in them dream zones, you know. Um, but then also the surrealist artists did as well. Mm. So you've got like Max Ernst, who was, uh, and and Weston was pointing out that he he was painting this kind of owl man character. And then there was this rash of like uh, flap, sorry, of like owl man sightings in this place in Cornwall. Um, that was, this was before Mothman as well. So it just makes you think, doesn't it? Kind of, yeah. It's it's a link that I've not really thought of before, but because the, the, the you know surrealist artists you think of as being kind of whimsical and non-threatening. And you know, it's just like, oh yeah, they're 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 dreaming and and then making weird associations and then painting a, a, a picture, which is which is kind of cool. But then you think about it, and it's like, are they accessing the same thing as magicians? Are they getting it from the same place? Is the it imaginal. a set of techniques? Yeah, yeah, it's like it, it is like it's it's the imaginal, you know, and 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 there there are things that want to be they want form. You know, and I think like almost kind of like magic and creativity are kind of two sides of the same coin. Like I, well, mm. I, I think, and it's there's a separate, there's a couple of options for for a thing to make it into the from the immaterial to the material, and through artists is one, and through those with 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 magic in them is another you know um and some are both you know but but yeah. that's how i think how some of these things make it out so I, that that makes total sense to me um as a slight um um deviation on topic but while we're talking about owls and and the strangeness of owls there is a bunch of irish words um for owl like in gaelic that are really fucking weird. It's <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> one called Kalyakiha, which means um, night hag. So you know, okay. like you know, that the, the goddess, the Kalyak, Kalikbera, like in Scotland, the, the Kalyak in Ireland as well as like the 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 winter kind of hag. Yeah, right. Yeah, Kalyakiha is like night hag, and there's another one, and I kind of trans. I can see if I can find it here, but it translates. Ah, yeah, here we go. Uh og relig. Uh, which translates as a shrill graveyard bird. It kind of, almost like church screamer, a graveyard screamer. Mm. You know? Okay. There's there is that that weird. I mean, owls keep turning up again and again, don't they? Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously. Yeah. I mean, you you got it like obviously in Twin Peaks and stuff. But um, I mean, um, Nathan was talking about owls, wasn't he? You know, um, and um, uh, you know, the Mike Cleland book and and about yeah. the owls and all that kind of thing um and you do wonder sort of what, what the significance of of it is you know because surely like all these things that are pointing at them um you know in, in these individual ways can't it can't all just be coincidence you know there's got there's got to be some significance there now, could it just be that they're the spookiest bird because they've you know if you think about it like they're they come out at night they've got a big white face you know but I don't know. Well, they, well, they fly in sight in almost perfect silence. Yeah, yeah. Because one of our listeners, um, I'll preserve her anonymity, uh, just in case. But 
one of our friends and listeners told us a great story about how an owl was flying alongside a car for a while. And uh, yeah, she said it was just like an amazing experience because it was just, she was driving. It was just an owl, like just like looking to her side. And there's just this owl there next to her. And that must have felt, you know, it's that feeling when, similar to what Hein described, the feeling when you and an animal have a, like some kind of connection. Mm. And you get it sometimes, even with a dog, like when you look at a dog and the dog yeah. looks at you and you just get that like, whoa. Um, but I don't know. Is there an intelligence there? Was the owl trying to do that? Well, I... I... I think it, it may be something similar to what we experience in spirit contact and dreams, you know, that, that, um, the, the, the kind of, for want of a better word, the, the archetypes or the intelligences can operate through us, through creativity, through dreams, through magic. Uh, absolutely. They can do the same things to, to, to animals, you know, like we, we, we tend to interpret certain circumstances or certain qualities by kind of a totem animal. So we we'll, we'll look at it, we'll associate. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that tends to be kind of almost universal. So like mm-hmm. cultures across the world will look at certain animals and go, well, that one is, well, I mean, you, spookiness within owls, they, the example there, right? You no, know, which are like a great old relic, right? Graveyard screamer, mm-hmm. right? It's like, doesn't need kind of a bunch of John Carpenter films or or any kind of like uh, our modern shit or any kind of, you know, Harry Potter using it. It doesn't need any of that to already have equated it with being freaking weird at night, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's already there. That expression has already happened. So you look at different animals and you've got similar things across the world. These, this animal represents these qualities. You know, and we tend to simplify that and go, well, it's it's anthropomorphization, right? We're projecting human values and human qualities onto an animal. And it's like, well, maybe the qualities aren't human qualities. You know, we're experiencing them. The animals experience them. Maybe they're independent. And these are just expressions of them. Yeah, I know. I I really like the idea of it, but I because as well, I I do shamanic journeying and. You, 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 in the lower realm, particularly, I meet animals who have, you know, specific, um, almost like purposes down there, you know, and it doesn't always, I mean, it doesn't always sort of correspond with, like you were saying, with sort of classic sort of archetypes mm-hmm. of it, but like, um, like there was a giant frog that I met once who was just extremely wise but really lazy, you know, and then uh, there's, <laughs> uh, yeah, like a um, a, a bear that I often see who is, is just like, has just like a really like fierce sense of humor because like, because he looks scary, you know? So like he, mm. he, he makes a lot of jokes about, you know, k- killing me, but he's only joking. <laughs> yeah, I hope, yeah. uh, but you know, the, 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 there is, there is the, I mean, the, the way that spirits, I think, um, present themselves. I think like the connections between spirits and animals is like, so, um, you know, profound and and goes yeah. back so so many you know i mean i think i mean you, you were talking in, on spirit box recently about um how you see like a, a direct line between a lot of 
witchcraft practices you know in, in england and, and shamanism you know and then obviously when you have um uh witchcraft you know you, uh, you're in like sort of uh you know like this sort of cliched sort of uh visions of it you have the familiars you know the black cats yeah. and, and that kind of stuff you know um which witches would operate through um you know and i mean i've done it through shamanic practices you know become possessed by animals as well and mm. you know when you feel their their characteristics and you feel their spirit in you as well and uh, and you know again that isn't something i think that you know like i wasn't the same after i'd done that you know that there's there's something yeah. you, once you feel that you know you know it, even though yeah. it sounds like you're just sitting here going you know like, like i feel like i'm just going on about yeah animals definitely have spirits you know i just i just feel like they might do but no i mean i've experienced that you know like i've, I've felt that inside me you know and i felt and, I, and i've spoken to these creatures as well and and so i've got no doubt about it for for those out there who want to find more about vays and and them um, subscribe and follow what what's the best way for them to do so yeah so um I've, I've written all this down because i have to remember <laughs> um so we have instagram and twitter um and that's um at vase and then vase spelled backwards so it's at v-a-y-s-e-e-s-y-a-v and uh, that's our handle for both twitter and instagram uh the best place to find the podcast and all the show notes is www.vase.co.uk uh, we try to make the show so that um as we were saying like anyone can pick it up you know you don't have to have any sort of practice or any previous knowledge um so you can come into base at any point and we make sure that the show notes are complete so that anyone can go back you know i mean we're expecting people to listen who might not know who aiden wachter is who might not know who dara mason is you might not know even what twin peaks is so everything that we mention in the show is connected there but if you want those full show notes they're only at the website because all the apps cut them off <laughs> so uh, that's the best place to find us um and people can email us as well with their own experiences and and so on or recommendations and that kind of thing and that's face info at gmail.com and then as well you can get the soundtrack at Bandcamp, and that's uh, the music that buckley made for the um for the show mm. just to say uh you can actually get us on the usual podcast uh things as well Absolutely. so if you yeah. prefer to listen through apple music or uh, apple spotify. Podcasts or spotify you can do that uh just go to the website for the show notes because that's where the good stuff is mm -hmm. fantastic fantastic and, and boy, I, I actually i have to compliment you guys uh, on the show notes I was looking. Well, it's, it's all mine. I was like, me as well. Yeah, it was a hell of a lot there. You know? Yeah, we've we, yeah. we got to the point where where some of the guests like um, Paul Weston and, and Nathan Paul Isaac, yeah, the, the, yeah, like they're just constant fountains of information we've had <laughs> yeah. to actually call in help now so so we, we've got a, a friend of the show keith is actually working with me every week at the moment to, yeah. to get the yeah. show notes together because there's, yeah. there's 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 so much but this is this is part of what's interesting you know because i i love going through the show notes for the people's podcast you know your show notes are great uh douglas bachelor's show notes are fantastic you know you can yeah. learn so much it's like going to yeah, university yeah. you know with these reading lists <laughs> it's really 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 interesting yeah, that, that there, that's really good. That the the music is is fantastic as well. Like okay. um, <laughs> you've got a real, it it sets you off on kind of like you've got on edge. You know, you've got that kind of like yeah. you you know you're in for 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 something that's gonna make you sit up and pay attention. Yeah, I wanted to go yeah. for something that was like somewhere between Twin Peaks and the X Files. Yeah, you got, you're it's there, got yeah. that yeah. like kind of melody to it, yeah, good but good thing, it yeah. was played on a 
really weird Russian synthesizer called the Lyra, which does not do what you tell it to do all the time. <laughs> so it's like it's got that like kind of quite idiosyncratic edge to it, which I think worked well for mm. what we uh for what we do. And uh yeah, I'm happy with it. I mean I think it sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I yeah, Thanks thank so you much very for much. It's, yeah, it's, it's been, been great. Yeah, so, it's been so a real good. pleasure. Real it's been pleasure. weird. It's been weird. I keep having to snap out of like sort of asking questions mode, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Do you know it's weird like kind of being I've, I've, <laughs> we've done we've done probably 24, 25 episodes or something of where we're used to being the ones asking questions and having it. The main thing that the main thing that I'm enjoying here is not having to worry about time. It's basically not looking at the clock and thinking, right, how long? So is this going to make a 90-minute episode? Are we going to have yeah. to bring it into two hours? And like having to look at it holistically, I can just sort of sit back and enjoy, enjoy the conversation. And, and you know, it's also, not like... I, I mean, it's just... I, thank you so much for asking us on you. Know, this is one That's of my favourite podcasts. And, and you know, being here talking to you on this a year ago that would completely blow my mind, you know, because you know, like, like there, you know, when I was sort of a spirit box addict, which I still am, but then, you know, when I had all the episodes to go through and I was racing through them to think that in a year's time, I'd be actually sort of chatting to you. It's really special. So thank you very much. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's thank you. To say. It's well, great. And we hope that we can, you know, uh, pay it forward. And if, if in a few years time, there's a couple of young upstarts on the scene, we can <laughs> yeah, yeah. we can invite them on, to, invite them onto base, onto base. Cause that's what it's all about. Isn't it? You know, it's about, making these connections and and i know it sounds kind of cheesy but i've heard it i've heard it said about like music and being in bands before i think the same kind of applies sometimes as well yeah. here is that sometimes it's just about the friends you make along the way it's just about like the, yeah. the, the obviously there's a great not not to belittle any kind of personal uh spiritual development and that's all obviously massively important and and a, a really good thing but also yeah just like hanging out with people and chatting and getting that kind of almost social element is yeah, also totally. really, really good. And kind of, again, makes our, our own worlds a slightly better place. Well, that's yeah. absolutely why we do it, isn't it? You yeah. Know, it's, it's that, you know, like it's, it's just it's... an excuse for us to, to hang out more basically. Cause we're, <laughs> like, we're at that age where it's like, you know, we've got like full-time jobs and we're not going out drinking every weekend or every, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, we need something to do together. Uh, yeah. that's, that's not gonna destroy us. Yes, um, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We hope. Yeah. And so, whilst most people would be like, "Oh, well, should we start a sport, or should we?" You know, <laughs> we were like, "Well, why don't we start a podcast where we do like a fuck ton of research and like, you know, sort of alienate friends and family and stuff." You know? <laughs> but we can make new friends. So. <laughs> well, it's been a real pleasure to have you guys on. So. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank, you, thank you, Darren. Thank you, Peter and Stephen or should I say Heinem Buckley. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. If you want to hear more from the chaps, then do check out the links below and give uh, the Vase podcast a subscribe and a follow.
Okay, that's it from me. I'm Dara Mason. Thanks for listening. Take care and talk soon.